Here we are at Carnival of Randomness, which Rob here, obviously. If this was Buffalo, we wouldn't be having a show today because, and all good wishes to everybody we know in Buffalo and the people there because they're pretty much under it. But somehow Greg is here because I know Billy Eilish came over to the house concert for his birthday. How did that go? It's cold out here on the throughway. It's terrible. you got to see what it's like down here. I'm remoting the Zoom. I'm going down. It's going. What? Oh, I'm good. Billy Eilish. Yeah, well, why do you keep bringing her up? <laughs> <laughs> That's your gimmick. That's my gimmick. Yeah. I, I get this thing, and maybe you're not aware of it. Our guests might not be privy to this information. I have a thing about Billie Eilish only because of the way she got so big. Because I just, I got this thing about goth and then that whole, like, oh, I'm just... Nobody likes me, and I'm just sad all the time, and I just hide in my bedroom and write these great songs. I don't buy any of it. Like, she was, <laughs> she's manufactured, and as far as I'm concerned, she's a, she got popular like Madonna got popular. And so very good, you know, because our guest is not manufactured. She's That's a very right. good rising talent. All natural. Not Major only. Genuine USA yes, parts, not only as a vocalist, as a singer, but now she's exploring new frontiers and somehow after doing the show once she actually wanted to come back <laughs> we're thrilled, <laughs> we're very thrilled to have elaine austin back out hey hello hello so i have to ask you first of all uh that pride show now i know felt like with oh, daniel yeah. pounder she can't sing it all so you have a problem <laughs> it was cool so i met her during sound check and she was so nice she's great and the first thing she said she's like it's so nice seeing you lead a band and i was like you know me. Like it was, it was really cool, and um, I, I was able to talk to her for a bit, and then I just that whole day was a blur. Chuck actually fell asleep in his truck. Our guitarist Josh had to wake him up because we were all old. He's, well, you know, he's old. It was the funniest thing because Josh said he was like banging on the truck door, like he's like Chuck, get up, like we gotta go. because oh, I was hidden in the back. See, my fear would have been he's a drummer. I'm like, oh my god, he OD'd. Oh no, he was fine. Bon Scott syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> it was just funny because he was Bonham. tired and it was so hot and like we did sound check and with yeah. the amount. Yeah, of I traffic, remember that day. It was impossible to leave and then come back. So, like, I stayed in the back, not even in the festival until after I performed because I was just, I was hiding in the little RV they had parked for us. And then I just know that they got there on time. But, like, a month after, Chuck and Josh were like, you're not going to believe what Chuck did. <laughs> now, like did he have, wait a second set. now, did he have his air conditioning on, though? Cause he was in I a, think he might have. he was in his truck like that, that's dangerous. Oh, no, I think he was just, like, you taking don't put a cat Pats and you don't put drummers in a truck during the oh, heat. Oh, no, I think, I think he was either Greg in the shade or something. But Josh said he was knocked out, and I thought it was the funniest thing. Because I had no idea. Like, I couldn't tell. I knew just, like, ten minutes before everyone was where they needed to be. I was freaking out a little bit, but then I got on stage and we just did it. it yeah, that's so the fun. thing, too. I want to talk a little bit about performing in terms of like audiences, stages and stuff. You get a bigger stage, a smaller stage. You just go in the zone where you really don't notice like if it's your performer. So if there's five people or there's 5,000, you're just going to you know go all out. Well, this one, usually, like, if the crowd gives good energy, that's, you know, that's how I react and I'll give it back and, you know... I was told that there were going to be hundreds of people. 
the amount that we received that day was way higher than the estimate. So I just That's remember good. like trying not to freak out. And, and I think also <laughs> too because I think I'm probably wrong, but is this the first time the whole pride thing's been on since the evil C word? Yes, yet? it was the first time. Yeah. So I once I realized that I was like, yeah, it makes sense why so many people came. And um, I was also a lot more at ease though because the sound company they hired actually worked with me back in April with my college band for a spring festival at Geneseo Hub. So they were doing sound check, and they are like, wait, we know you. And I was like, oh. Okay, I was like, all right, like, I can relax. You're going to get that. I get plus. that a lot around town by people I don't even know. Like somehow when you're on the scene, they know who you are. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I That happens to me a lot, but not for like the recent things I've been doing. It's still my college band. I'll go out to places, and people will stare at me, and I'm like, oh, do you know me from somewhere? And they're like, you're the singer in Stunt Double. And I'm like, I'm in Rochester right now. How do you know about that? I know. That? It's amazing. It's I've, so I've cool. had that. You know, I've had that a lot. Happens. Like, I've had people who's like, there's like, everybody knows you. It's like, well. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, you wonder sometimes if anybody's ever really listening and really pays attention. Yeah, you know, like they the do. The way things are now, people bands come and go, and everybody just you just look like no. You know, and I've even had from this, and I take it from the pictures because we obviously don't have the making an with, impression with these two yeah. care with me and him. You don't want really the Sad. pictures out here, <laughs> but so but <laughs> I've had people come up to me about this too. But this thing I've noticed, like with musicians, who sometimes I notice, like and Greg, you've had great crowds, you've had not so great crowds, like winter crowds. Right. Sometimes musicians they dig it yeah. more. When there's like you get those crowds, unfortunately, it's just one of those days you don't get anybody. They seem to almost be more into it, like they're playing for the people who came out because you came. Well, out. yeah, it's a yeah. more and you have a little more thing. fun. It's like, well, especially if they're like friends of yours too, because like usually, especially in like bad weather, it's like your key friends or like regular goers that'll still make it there. Because that's what happened, I think, on Halloween. The weather wasn't too bad, but I think it was like one of the first colder days. We were at Roar. <laughs> And like I know. way more people came than I thought, and like we had a drag show in between our like our set break, like it was awesome. The only down like, point I gotta say, there's only one bit of depressing thing about that night. You know, sticky soul clothes. I know. Yeah. I, I always, wanted to I, eat whenever there. I went to Roar, I would always get takeout. I would run over like after the show was over, make my order, and come. And they were yeah. so nice. Well, there's, yeah. there's still something there. Isn't well, there? there's a. Uh, well, obviously, there's a photo city. Well, no, photo. but I mean, there's a restaurant still in the front, isn't there? Mm. There was last time I played there. Or maybe not. I just well, I, I went to the war. I went to the Roar gig, but you know me. I, I have to say, pay, he was there. I have to pay attention. Mm. But there is a, I think there is a Jamaican restaurant, good vibes down the street. So no, but I, I thought that, that was still. Too. Okay, I don't know. I got something there. Maybe it was a couple gigs ago. Maybe they closed. Well, the that. good thing is, Roar does have food. They have burgers. Yeah, yeah they have a lot of good. But really Roar good. did screw me up because I'm walking down there at Ben, like, you know this joke. <laughs> I, I couldn't get in. I could, it was like, wait a second, where do I go? <laughs> they you know, done a bunch I'll of tell remodels. You, I'll tell you something about that small crowd thing, though. I think there's a whole different dynamic because think about it, sociologically, yeah. too. Because you got, okay, there's only a few people, so you're not embarrassed if you, well, I'm going to say something stupid or I'm going to, I don't want to yell because people will stare at me. If it's just your friends or just a few people, you're going to go carte blanche, man. You know, you're going to be like, hey, hey, we're going to heckle and you're going to good naturedly, you know, you're going to enact or react and you're yeah. going to interact. So whereas you might not if there's a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and so it's a different it's and you're right. It's like those Rob's right. I mean, you're playing for those few people that are there because they'll now they feel like it's a little private thing and. I don't know. It's I'll, a, it's I'll a never forget. Dynamic. I would put, yeah. and I, you know, I hate lists, but like in my top ten 
favorite live bands, the Flesh Tones, no doubt. They're in like in the top ten best live bands I've ever seen. One time at the Bug Jar, I remember, I think like Kenny Rogers or somebody was playing at the War Memorial. Sold out, obviously. The Flesh Tones had like about 30 people. The way they acted, they made you feel like the most important person in the city. Like you were right. the cool kids being there. And they just and they went all out. And you think like a band like that, you know, pretty well known. And they're playing like 30 people or so. They could just phone it in. They put on such a great show. Well, that's a huge part, I think, about performing is like knowing your audience. And like even, I get it in like a different type of way too. Because like I do acoustic gigs on top of doing band ones. So with what those, don't like, you do now? <laughs> I know. Yeah, really. You gigs. No, <laughs> I don't do that. I, Windows? <laughs> it's only acoustic gigs by myself, band work, you know, with my full band, and then now DJing on the side a little bit. But, um, yeah, no, I just remember acoustic gigs when I did my first one, like, out of the area. I was in Buffalo, actually, at Big Inlet Brewery, and the crowd, never seen them, but it was very intimate, and it's like, they really enjoyed it because I could tell, like, they were really listening, and sometimes they come up and they're like, "Can you play this?" And if I knew it, I'd do it right on the spot. If you don't, just fake it. <laughs> on your DJ, oh yeah, I've thing. done it. Uh, how do you? Yes, you are DJing now. Uh, well, yeah. no, how, how are you? How do you? Do you read the crowd? Do you have set a bunch of songs? So, you got, well, tonight's going to be this kind of groove, or I so just... I had no idea. Like going into it, he told me it just depends on like the the night and like who's there. Do you use all their? music and everything or do you yeah they have like a program so i'm able to just cue a bunch of stuff on a side list that i like yeah and then it saves the history so days that i've practiced like yeah. on mondays or tuesdays i'll just go to that and like file over stuff but um it's it's hard reading the crowd that's yeah. been the main challenge because now i know like most of like how to transition but anytime someone that's asked me for a request it completely throws me off because usually i'll think three four songs ahead yeah and friday night someone asked me for something and i was like okay i'll try but then I realized the first song I was doing was almost ending, so there was like a split second where the music stopped, right. and I quickly got it fixed, <sighs> and Mike messed with me, and he's like, I heard you stop the music. He's like, what happened? And I'm like, hey, I fixed it. I was like, you notice, and he's like, the crowd probably didn't, though. Which is I always do that. Like I always say don't take it oh, personally, because yeah. there's some people, like, I know like, a lot of my friends, they get in the zone when they're playing. Yeah. And like, what they do is, like, I... Some people I won't mention, like Greg Townsend, uh, well, I'll request a song, and he's like, I'll get it right on for you. Then he forgets to play it. And I know, because it's Greg, and he's in a groove, and everybody's always around him. Mm. But, like, hey, Sally did a jazz show, a friend Sally Louise, last week, and I said, can you play Cry Me a River? And she said, we'll just dedicate it. She's like, no, play it. Just don't even, just make sure you don't mention me. And she actually played it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you get in a group, cool but you might have, like, it. say you have, like, four people come, hey, can you play this? Can you play oh, this? yeah. Well, it happened last night, actually, because, like, I was in a groove, and then someone asked for something, and I was like, okay, that's reasonable. And, like, it was already in the plan of what I was doing. But then one of them, they showed me, like, the phone of, like, the music that was queued up, and I was just like, nope, I don't know. I can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> I, like, kept going. Yeah. What was I don't your origin story? But how did you actually just get into this did you just see it say i want to try this or somebody said hey you have a good voice you're gonna dj kind of sort of so like i've known the owners from roar for a very long time and like so mainly it's like the dj and the main drag queen that hosts on saturday nights and i asked the dj one day i was like hey i want to learn how to dj and he really thought i was joking until like i asked him again and he's like wait you're serious and i was like yeah i really really want to do it so then we just go in on mondays or tuesdays like when they're doing like their routine like maintenance of the club and then he just showed me how to do it. And I had a, he said I had an easier time getting it because I'm a musician, because a lot of the effects and like the key principles of it are the same as like 
guitar effects or like yeah. there's a lot of overlap that I didn't realize and like since I know like music theory and stuff if you know beats you know how to combine stuff so right. you have never DJed in college no so I hung around my college radio station I helped like you would actually you bring in your own albums at times that's why I picture DJs like my friend Pauline DJ Tanner you know you come in you would see like yeah. the whole like create, the whole armload yeah. of albums or the creative CDs and I would help recommend or do shows, but I've always more like a producer mode. Mm. Where, but there's like even a process, like how to you know put the thing. Well, they're in. all like technical now. Like the new technology, it's like Amazing. you have music that has videos with it, and like you could put the videos on the TV screens there. Like it's wild. Yeah. And so, like, well, anybody who has the guts to play a show and not get one up by having drink with like. Well, yeah. the funny thing is, so like, did you have a favorite? I think I like the one oh. guy who had like the. I, I they're all beautiful, but I think I like the one guy in like the white like thing who was going oh, around. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Oh yeah, that was uh, Sam. He's actually was one of the coordinators for Pride. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I don't. They were all great. Answer. The They're Phantom of the great. Opera. The Phantom of the Opera. I was shocked with that. I didn't think Mike was going to come out from the DJ booth uh, just doing the full, the full lip sync. I was very proud of him. But then to go back on and not be flustered and saying we have to follow this, and you still cranked it. Well, we were a little bit because I had to tell them we adjusted our set list because I thought they were going at a later time, but like it worked out just fine. But I remember I told the band, I was like, all right, the energy's crazy up, and I don't think it makes sense to start with the Alabama Shake song right after that. So we did Wild Cherries play that funky music. You never find, you never find, except for like, like drag clubs and clubs like that, you have the best costumes for Halloween. Oh, it was great. And the funny thing is, so for our next show, we're going to, it's going to be sort of Christmas themed. But we're actually going to incorporate the drag queens with our show. So certain songs. Got to get sing, Chuck to dress up. Got to yeah. get Chuck. I want to get Chuck up. in a Santa suit. It'd be pretty funny. Speaking of turkeys, no. <laughs> but yeah, we um, we're gonna have the drag queens like lip sync to certain songs that I do. So it'll yeah. be like an interactive performance. Oh, how cool is that? That's so I'm that's really a good excited idea. for that one. And actually, like I told you, my friends Grease Creepers afterwards, the show I was going to afterwards, they do Psycho Killer, oh, and yeah, their version funny. compared to yours. Get louder. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, that was our first time doing it, and I hadn't done it since my college band. So I told him, I was like, that's the closest Halloween thing I could think of. I started for this, laughing so. just because I knew they were going to play it too. It's yeah. like, but you know, the story behind it was David Byrne just. People would say he looked like Anthony Perkins from Psycho. So that's where it came out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Josh is a huge my guitarist. He's a huge fan of the um, Talking Heads, so he was really excited when we found out we were doing that song. I played this. Uh, I played at Smoking Joe's Friday, and we had Steve Lyons sit in, oh. and we did Gloria, right? Just because it's easy for what to get. twenty minutes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he goes, he said something. He said he goes strap yourself in. It's going to be a ride or something. So what he does, he takes everything with that kind of groove, and morphs it all together. Like I was going to thinking about that for like something like a DJ thing. Like yeah. he'll go from the. The Gloria thing, to Secret Agent Man, to the James Bond thing. Anything that's in like that simple key and... You know, he'll just morph riffs together. And it's, it was really cool. You know, I don't know. It was just, it I've seen that. Too. I like It's really like Live at Leeds, the new one where they go into Young Man Blues and in the middle they yeah. play... 
and I've seen some people who do that. It's like a skill where you just seamlessly go into one song and then another. Then you wrap it all up. Yeah. Think about this when you need to fill time for 20 minutes. Well, sometimes. it's funny, too, because, like, since I've been learning how to DJ, it's been making it easier for me to think about, like, when I play with the band, how to make transitions between songs. Common we've keys done it. and chords yeah, and things. Yeah, because, like, yeah. we've done, like, mashups, and, like, I want to... We lately, our current one is like Voodoo Child into American Woman. Oh, wow. Which is a fun one because most people don't expect it. But the next one I want to try would be a whole lot of love and then War Pigs. So huh. that one's going to be a oh, really interesting, interesting one transition. to do. But like learning the transitions through DJing has helped me kind of like mentally like track, like, how okay, how would these two go together if I were to put them there? Da -da 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 -da. Yep. It's gonna be like a back and forth thing. That's just, I still have to work it out and try it, but and I love it. Kind of cool. I hear it already. It's gonna a be lot of fun. times the audience. I love the audience reaction because it catches them by surprise. Oh yeah, because they're always shook. They're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yep, <laughs> we're doing that." <laughs> and now your band now is called the Austin Project. Mm -hmm. It's tapped. And when I saw, I have to admit, like when I saw tap. I thought I had to put it together for uh, Yeah, most people... Was it people... tuition assistance program? <laughs> yeah, I know. Most people are like... Most people don't call us tab. They're just like, oh, the Austin Project. And I'm, I'm good with any name. Okay, so no, here's your t-shirt. I'll tap that. No! Wait, that actually would be kind of good. <laughs> I think there you play. go. I mean, Maybe. it'd be a little sexist, but it'd be kind of funny because then you're making fun of the whole guy thing. Kind yeah, of no, I think well, no, fun. you have. <laughs> I'll tap that with a picture of Chuck. Yeah, faces <laughs> <laughs> of Chuck on the shirts. We're gonna get merch at some point. Yeah, not only are we, like sure. that's one thing I've heard like from some friends. You want to get, get like <laughs> I could you no, know, I could actually picture. You know what I picture? I've been picturing it the whole time with tap. Some I could design like the firm, the band, the firm. Yeah, like the little diamond oh, the, the, and like. Oh. The Industrial-looking cool. rivet type thing. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. We're we're branching out into that. I hopefully by the summer we'll at least have some more merch because I don't know about the festival yet. It's not confirmed or denied, but there's a high likelihood that we'll be back for that again. Hey, hopefully. I mean, I think they're getting their footing again after all the nonsense that was going on the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah, and I think like we were received really well from what I heard with like the management and stuff that were in charge of like maintaining the stage. They said they hadn't seen a crowd that engaged. For a Pride Festival music performance in a minute, so no, That's you great. do though. I like I, I actually I look like well, the is pretty supportive. I look yeah, like the miserable so person great. in the corner, but I'm actually listening to the music. <laughs> but I look, uh, but I you pay attention. You see, people are getting up dancing all over the place. And, oh yeah, all my yeah. closest friends were like right in the very very front, so that really just put me at ease. And like once after the first song, I was completely fine, and I just kept going. And I was like, we got it, we're good. And I felt bad, my guitarist. That was his second time performing ever in front of that many people. Introverted is not part of the gay, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, my old thing was like, <laughs> I was sitting, your family was sitting with me, and that was great because they were more chill like me. And I'm oh, just yeah. going, no, she's really good. And they're like, <laughs> they're not like oh, yeah. dancing mom, or anything. <laughs> my mom, because she's been to so many, like, she's just. But she always has the same reaction. She's always very proud, but she's very laid back about it. Like, I haven't really surprised her yet, so I got to, like,. Got thrown for a loop one of these gigs, but I've been we've been busy, so we're just prepping for the and next one. And I think one. you go to like you go by the kind of audience like where they want to have fun. They're looking for you know they don't want somebody there who's going to get on the keyboards and play like everything about miserable. Yeah, <laughs> and like especially if I'm really comfy, like I've noticed I've started dancing more on stage. 
it's been like a progression because in the videos that I'll watch, I'm just like, oh, I'm actually moving around now. So I think I've told everybody to that. that I think you just get, you don't even know what you're doing on stage. You're like people, when they're on stage, they're like natural. Yeah. You don't have to do much. I've always used, used Colin Bluntstone as an example from the zombies where, what did he do for singing? He just stood. But he had a presence. And as long as it's, you know, I think it's, whatever you do, if it's natural, it doesn't look forced. Yeah. You get with the, you know, the rhythm of the music. Well, it's funny because there will be times, like, especially, I think, the best example I could give is the Stevie Wonder uh, cover we do for his song, I Wish. And I literally, there's points where I'll just close my eyes and I'll feel the beat and I'm just like, all right, you're letting go. And I don't think. Because people ask me, they're like, what do you think when you do that? I'm like, I don't. I just kind of do it. <laughs> and then I come out of it. I'm like, oh, okay. That you're, worked out Do you have well. anybody you would be sort of intimidated of to cover? I mean, you have a voice and stuff I think you uh, could take anybody on. There, there's some. Uh, like Nina Simone? <laughs> I would do Nina if we could figure out the arrangement. Like see, that's the big, see, that's the big thing it's, right it's there. It's hardest with the arrangement. Because, like, it's just that piano. Like, I, I listened to a podcast that did, like, a deep dive on how that song was made <laughs> and how complicated the rhythms are for each part. So after listening to that, I was like, okay, definitely not that one. If I were to do hers, I'd do Do I Move You? Because most people don't need yeah, that that's, one. That's one of the artists that most people, if somebody yells, uh, can you play one of her songs? A lot of musicians will just say they can't. Oh, sorry, just because of the arrangements. Yeah. Because you can't really do time, it justice. Most like, I'll do it. But there's the one thing I get all the time, especially at acoustics, play Freebird! And I'm just like, <laughs> no, I don't know it. I mean, I technically do. But You're nicer than You know like what a... I always say when I hear that? I usually say sometimes, like, Venmo me a hundred bucks, then maybe I'll think about no, it. No, you don't. You're nice. You don't go, I'll give you Freebird right here. <laughs> I will always say something like, why does that guy come to every gig that every band ever plays? Oh, really? I feel like every time it happens <laughs> Like it's the same once. person all the time. You know, like, it's okay, like, no. for musicians, I think it's akin to the idiots on, like, the golf tours who yell it's in the hole. Yeah. yeah. People get mad. But you know what you could do as a joke sometime? Start off, like, the first few things of Freebird and go into something completely different. War Pigs. <laughs> yeah, War Pigs. War Pigs can't get mad about that one. I love that song. Oh, I'm I do. I'm a big Sabbath fan. No, you like Sabbath? Mm -hmm. like I was We're... influenced by, like, so I did classic rock first, and then I did kind of dive into some the earlier heavy metal stuff. So it's been like a... That that really influenced I me. I always love, like, playing. we have, like, younger artists on, too, because, like, we're old grizzled veterans. We, you know, I yeah. was, I was <laughs> like, you know, we've seen all this. But I've always loved to see how you found the older music. Yeah. Oh, and it, it seems, was... I think if you love music, you always find it's there for you. And, like, I love how you discover, because maybe when you were, you know, growing up, unless your parents or somebody were really into it, it's Oh, no, duty. they were. I oh, was, yeah, like, the, I was the yeah, kid good in the taste. family that, like, <laughs> they are like, what are you listening to? And I was like, I don't know, I like it. And it just... Nobody listened to what I listened to. It, it worked out. <laughs> oh. Like, my mom is still Oh, you're perplexed. a prog guy a little bit, right? <laughs> my mom's still perplexed to this day as to how I got my music taste, because she's like, you didn't get it from me. Like, some of the stuff I get from her, and it's been, like seeping into like what i do but use your bandmates and like other people in the music community where they recommend stuff and stuff that that helps i still do that now i still my biggest thing for getting music is it's asking friends like what are they listening to well it's funny because my closest friends will text me sometimes and they're like hey i think you'd be great with this song and most of the time i do take it into account because half the time i'll forget things and you know i run it's into me. a wall a lot when i'm trying to find new songs to do because now I think of every part and, like, how manageable it's going to be for everyone before even, like, 
proposing it. You might so. get one from me sometime because I'll get inspired. Like actually speaking to Roar, I remember Adriana played there one time. I literally texted her after. You have to do a Jolie Holland song. Your voice reminded me of it. Yeah, and like I always love it when people tell me that because I literally run out of ideas, even though I listen to an insane amount of music. Like I just. Sometimes I can't think of them. And, like, the suggestions, even, like, when I do acoustic gigs, for example, like, I remember one time I did a request because someone asked for a Bare Naked Ladies tune. And I was like, the only one I know is one week, so if I mess up the words, bear with the only me. One I I, did it on I, the the spot. only one I would know would be wow. Jane. And That's you're, cool. yeah, you're, you're dating yourself at your age, but there was a time. Remember, Greg, literally there was a time. I think Bare Naked Ladies played Rochester every two months. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. They were, like, here. Every Just they went like to a Russian children's hospital. <laughs> There's like pictures of them going to a children's hospital with the yeah. guitar, but they would be here like every other month. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people in this area in Buffalo like they love them because that's like the equivalent of like if I were to do Dave Matthews, which I haven't yet, and it's not that I don't want to. It's just I haven't listened to him much, but. They I admit lose I like it when not I do the big. Cover. A lot of that's one of those, and I always say I just like the drummer. See, yeah, I always say to each his own. I've just never yeah. been a huge. I like the song "Crazy" by him. I think it's got a really good jazz yeah. beat, but otherwise, it just sort of like to me, it doesn't do it for me. And I, I've yeah. always loved to get into the science of why do we like what we like sometimes. Well, I'm very much the type of person that like, and I don't know if like you guys agree, but like anytime I listen to music, especially if it's new, I like to do it on my own. There's certain things that, like, I kind of want to find it myself. So, like, with Dave Matthews, I'll probably like it at some point, but, like, I can't force it. It just has to come naturally. Like, Bare Naked Ladies You know what? There's happened. a good example at the song Jane. I guess they were in a cafe in Young Street, and they're talking about a song. They want to do, like, a, okay, it's like the person you, have a, you had a crush on the first time you had, like, a puppy love crush on. Mm. They wanted to use the name Jane, so they're sitting there, and they're like, okay, writing it on a napkin. And they came up with St. Clair because we're young in St. Clair Street. Oh, wow. You pick your influence from everywhere. Yep. But that's a good point. We've had, like, different artists on, like, Lily Winwood. And the question is, we're asking her, like, okay, do you like to collaborate or mostly do you, like, your own writing? She's like, no, I like to do it myself. Like, how's your thing? I never like that. So, actually, I'd prefer the help because sometimes, like... I'm very... You're not like Jeff Beck or Ricky, Richie Blackmore. Oh, no. I just... Because sometimes, like, I have a... From what Chuck tells me, I have a very specific strumming pattern, especially since I play rhythm, and sometimes I'll get stuck in it, and certain things will sound very similar. So that's why I like the help. So I actually have, like, a quote-unquote ghostwriter out at a college. She's one of my friends, and she helps me with songs, and, like, I'll just text her. And I'm like, hey... This happened to me. I want to write about it. And she's like, all right. So then we'll write That's something. A good way to go you know, about it. when you get an idea, though, do you have something like I know a lot of like people, and I did it myself when I was doing movies, you have like a little pen and paper just to write it down or put it on yeah, your phone. So, so by the time you get home, you're like, or keep it by like your bed because you might dream something. Yeah. Get up, write yeah. it down. Really I quick. usually do like voice memos a lot of the time. If I even hum something or whistle it, I'm like, oh, wait, this could work. And that's happened a lot of the time lately, especially with like the most recent one we're working on is just about like kind of feeling like in the mundane and like it's very repetitive. And it's it's one of those like. If it was in a musical, it would be the main character being like, I want something more. Yeah. So I wrote a song <laughs> like that, and I just had the harmony one day, and I was like, oh, wait, this works. And I just like recorded it immediately so I didn't forget Sometimes it. Sometimes it could be just one little thing. There's a good story about Tom Petty's song, You Wrecked Me, where it started off, you rocked me, and Tom was in, I can't be doing this. Everybody's, come on, you rocked me. 
You rocked yeah. me. This is like so cliche. Sometimes it works. Though. But then what he said, you wrecked me. Somebody said you wrecked me. Got it. Yeah. It's it's always interesting how like you find hooks in songs and like what works and what doesn't. Cause like the one I did, the most recent one besides my very first one was called "Never Be with Me." And the chorus is very repetitive, but it works. And like we we actually took some influence from Taylor Swift, not directly. I don't want to get copyright sued, but like the the whole melodic. Don't thing worry, that she we're did. we're very close. We share the same birth date, so I'll just text yeah. Her and she'll say but it was fine. cool because like the the melody was something like it was it was similar to one of her songs because I like how sometimes you can go from high to really low and then resolve it. Yeah. And you know, normally in the songs that I write, they don't do that. Well, when you think about a lot of hits, I mean, really, it's a hook with some lyrics thrown in. Exactly, and like once I, mean, I it find revolves that, around the hook. Yeah, and people like 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 little kids and everything. They like repetitiveness. They right. like you can just do. Think of like Hey Jude, or like yeah. some of those songs that could go on for ten minutes with just repeating the. Remember the joke like from Blues Traveler, the hook. Yeah. He's singing nonsense, but it just doesn't matter what I say. It's, it's just catchy. Like it song. works, <laughs> and like I've been like sneak peeking my uh, originals on my um, Instagram page, and they've been received well. So I'm hoping like by either the end of this year or early next year, we're gonna hit the studio and just get them out on a little EP that we're gonna do called the Alston Project Volume One because it'll probably be multiple volumes. You should you could do it in, like the the Alston Project like Volume. 55 and people go looking all over for I know, that'd them. be fun too. I was going to like Greg like when you do your songs, Greg writes good songs but he writes like maybe two or three a year because he you know, he has to get that inspiration. Not even. <laughs> Not even. But do you prefer when you're writing them just to do it yourself and then bring it out to the band or you just say, okay, here's well, what I got? You know, I'm in a weird position because you're a drummer. I know my theory. <laughs> yeah. I know theory and stuff but I don't really know how to play a lot of stuff so I'd have to have somebody to play the stuff number one. Yeah, and you know, I know enough to say, well, you know, it's a it's minor key or it's this, and it goes. It's got to be brighter here. It's got, you know, I can kind of give more dynamic direction than actual chord things. But then people suss it out. I mean, I hum it and I pick, I find a key and they go, okay, then they figure it out. We go from there. Okay, awesome. How are you going in terms of like balancing originals with covers? He's sticking more with covers right now and just sort of going into originals, or you will ain't in that, Greg. Oh, um, <laughs> we're starting to branch into the originals finally, so like that's been our main priority with practicing is getting the originals squared away. And so, I think by like the ninth, ideally, we're going to play at least two or three originals in addition to the covers, so Good. then we sure. start adding more originals. The more that I write them, because right now I have about five. Which is a pretty good amount, but I have to still keep writing more. No, and you bring in, you know, you bring in, that's how you bring the fans, and they come in for the, then you start giving them your songs. I got like to three with an Adam's Wolfhound. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, my roommate is like my biggest fan when it comes to my, um, my originals, because he hears them the most, so whenever he comes to gigs, if I play them, he gets really excited, because he's the only one I can look at, where he <laughs> knows every single word, and doesn't miss. That's cool. So it's awesome. I, I definitely am going to start getting those out more. Cause... And there's a really great feeling, too, when the audience reacts to your own songs. Oh, or, yeah. Or comes up to you. Some of it's funnier, too, when they'll come up to you and go, that song really hit me. And it's like, you look, it was not about that. <laughs> I'm not well, going to say a word. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think what a lot of people do, this is my own personal opinion, and I've been going through my whole career, if you want to call it that, uh, with this whole mindset. It's like, I think... 
you're asking people to expect a lot if your originals are so far off the map from what you're playing in a bar. Right. You know, all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to do something I wrote. Well, okay, why? Because you wrote it? That's not going to guarantee you anything. You know, yeah, it can be, you know, it. if it's too weird for people to accept, they're not going to care. But, I mean, what is too weird? But I'm just saying, if you can make your original sound like something that's already out there, kind of, you know, not steal, but uh, look at how songs are put together and why they're hits and how they are timed and whatnot. And then, you know, you put your songs together that way, and then it just sort of sounds like you're just doing another cover song. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of the originals I do are very pop-influenced. Yeah. So most people are like, oh, I could hear this out. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I listen to pop music a lot of the time, and that's, like, where I draw the inspiration But from. I think you probably branch out, though, too, and feel like branching oh, yeah. out. <laughs> because, you know, you I think you've got a diverse amount of, like, music you listen to. Yeah, and, like, there's definitely, like, my main goal was to make sure that each song has a different sound. And I think it's gotten there. It's just, because, like, there was one tune that I actually sent the voice memo to my guitarist. I was like, what do you think of this? And he's like, it reminds me of the Velvet Underground. I was like, oh, that's not what I was going for, but I'll take it. Like, it's, I like to have different influences. You know, as long but... as it reminds somebody of something. Oh, and yeah. And then you're up. That's what I was going to happen. I've known, like, so many people who said friends of mine sound like Stevie Nicks, <laughs> who I don't think sound like Stevie Nicks at all. And it's a great compliment, obviously. But I was saying, sometimes I'll tell them, people bring the perspective they have. So if that's what they hear and listen to. They try to fit it in, like, the, the peg there. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like... I feel like every song, like, it's hard, because I, I don't know, like, the ones that I've written, it's hard to pinpoint where exactly I got the influence from, because part of my writing process is, like, I tell myself, I can't really write about stuff unless I've experienced it, or at least, like, I've been close to experiencing it, so it's, like, if stuff happens to me, I literally have to, like, kind of <clears throat> capitalize on it. That's actually, Sunny Sweeney was in town recently, she told the story about how Loretta Lynn broke her kneecap and she had a fill-in for Loretta Lynn. Imagine mm. having to do that. So Loretta Lynn actually called her and thanked her. And she said her view on songwriting is just write what you know. It's the easiest way because, like, you know, I commend artists that are able to, like, think of a topic and they're like, all right, I'll write about it. Like, that's just not how I operate. Oh, I Prague, to... it's all fantasy, dragons, wizards, uh, yeah. you know, everything like that. I don't know. For me, it's just very much like, all right, if I've dealt with this, or at least like I know someone that's dealt with it, I can write about Maybe it. Maybe the only other part I put on this would be write what you see. Like you might see something funny one day, or oh, yeah. something you said it could write about that too. Oh, there was actually something that did inspire her. There was a funny line I wrote that was based off of something funny that I saw. So it's like, it's really true when they say like it, the stuff that you experience does influence like what you write because it, it permeates like everything i do pretty much and would you say how does track influence music oh boy <laughs> how does does this help like doing tracks does it somehow help you as a musician or helps finance this is like it. a weird part, really part, <laughs> there you go that's the best part but, um i guess like for that's that, a deep question today <laughs> well like it's similar to because like during my, my day job i work in a school now as a substitute teacher for third fourth and oh third so years. you really have material now <laughs> yeah like it, it's I guess it helps me become responsible because I know I have to be in charge of something and it's like, it keeps me accountable <laughs> on a lot of things and I think that does kind of stem into my music too because being in the Alston Project has really put me in a leadership position. It's like, you know, I make the calls and like, you know, these are the songs we're doing. Like, it, it's 
it was very like when you guys last saw me, I was still falling into that mode of like leading the band and like making these decisions because yeah. it, it, it's still very foreign to me. But I think now I'm finally like getting into the groove of like, okay, we just got to make a decision. It works or it doesn't work. Like it, it's gotten a lot easier, and I think part of that has come from like coaching and. And you have teaching. like a good mix of young and old too. You have like the grizzled veteran drummer, and <laughs> we all need grizzled well, veteran it's funny, drummers. It's like <laughs> half of our band has children, and then the other half we definitely don't want any right now. So it's <laughs> it's a good mix, but I think we have a lot of fun and like. We just all compliment each other well, and especially... Well, everybody like, learns from each other. That's a good yeah, thing. like, I've learned so much from Josh, especially. He taught me how to restring my guitar, because he made fun of me, because I didn't know how to do it. I was like, sir, I have been paying... I not know. I, 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 either. I was self-taught, and I tried YouTubing it once, and I poked myself with a string, and I quit. <laughs> so that I would just pay someone to do it, but he taught me how, and, like, it's just little stuff like that. And I've learned so much from my bassist, too. Like, he's really been a good bouncing block, because, like, if there's a time on stage, for example, like, if I have to, like, kind of go into La La Land, which happens in a couple songs, depending on the vocals, because, like, Creep, for example, when we were at Roar and I sang that, I actually kind of blacked out. Like, I d didn't remember they were with You should have said that I didn't notice it. <laughs> no, I, I just, I got into a whole place, I almost teared up and everything, I just really actually, like, felt the song for the first time. And when stuff like that happens, like, I can rely on my basis to, like, keep everything That's together. That's actually, like, if I was saying, if I don't really follow bands anymore, but if I was, like, a little younger and it was a band I was going to follow, probably would have been Radiohead. Yeah, they're yeah. a great group. Well, and Josh does this, like, cool pedal that, like, I don't even know what it is, but it fits the song so well that, like, most people are like, yeah, we love the vocals, but, like, that guitar effect was something gnarly, and it's so... It's so cool to be able to do that And when that I'm saying, like, from your band already, you have good chemistry, and that's the most important thing. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's nice because, like, I can rely on them when needed, but it's also nice to be able to, like, be independent. Like, I can actually, like, just kind of let go and not really worry as much. And I made the joke to Chuck at Roar that it was, like, muddy waters in reverse because what happens, I don't know, <laughs> this is every one of your sets... You come up yourself, you start playing, then they come up. Yeah, so that was just, like, just the type... you know Muddy Waters, what he would do, he would be, I like... Like, he would do, like, the band would be playing, like, one of my friends saw him here in the 70s. Mm -hmm. It's like, the band's playing, he's sitting drinking at the bar. Like, yeah. the band would come up, like, some of those blues guys, I know, like... Oh, now I, I can't believe it. Oh, you know, what's his name, the Blues Breakers and everything? John Mayall. John Mayall. He would, like, when he played, what they would do is the band plays, like, four or five songs. They go, now it's the man of the hour, then they come up. You did the reverse. Yeah. Well, it was funny because they asked us to, like, ease into it, which I was totally fine with. And, like, I've done so many acoustic gigs that, like, it wasn't hard. But it definitely was funny, like, being up there by myself. And I'm like, all right, everyone come up. Like, I'm so used to just starting off with the whole group. And that's what we'll do the next time we play. There's something, and I'll ask Greg this, too. Like, when you started out, Greg, was there anything when you started out, like, you were thinking, I'm going to perform, I'm going to perform, and you too, Elena, that, that surprised you when you actually did it? Or not? Like, you just um, went up there, like, you figured, okay. Or maybe you thought, maybe I'm just going to freeze, but when you got up there, you were, like, fine. Probably working in vocals was a, a big For being step. a drummer, I still don't know how drummers can do that. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It, like Levon Helm, though, yeah. or, like, or like Don Henley, too, when they're playing with the... I guess maybe because you just, like, you know how to do it. It's kind of part of breathing, you know, spacing out your breathing so that you're in between the beats and you're not... It's a hard thing to explain, but it's kind of like... 
you know, you just it's just timing. It's just knowing your body and knowing the timing and fitting things in between. And, you know, kind of working off rhythms you're playing and when you're singing. But uh, I'm trying to think. That's a good question. Yeah, really I respect because question. to me, I respect. Like, I'll say this about anything. You might not like a band. You might like them. You might not see them. I respect anybody who has the guts to go up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> you're putting yourself out I, I there. Just, <laughs> I never had a... I, I always liked playing in front of people. I think it was just... Um, I think when I first started out, my whole problem was because they never used to mic drums, and I was always worried that I, nobody was going to hear me. Yeah. Because, you know, you got these guys next to you just blasting away, and you got nothing. <laughs> well, I think, like, you know? the moment I think of when I was the most surprised, and I know, like, it's the same for Josh especially, like, our favorite one so far that we actually did was at the Riviera at the end of the summer in August when we That's had a great building when we too. had um Lauren Fagiano from Lauren and the Good Souls. Who was just she was just on the show here, plug yeah. for the carnival. <laughs> she was um she's amazing and so was Ken and like they were you know, they're such talented musicians in their own crafts that like we were able to do a lot more with the arrangements and I never had keys before. So like hearing that I remember we did uh Surround Me, which is a cover we typically do and there's a part where I do a build and I just remember doing it and I heard the audio and I was blown away. And it's just like, I was so surprised because like everything worked just so well together. That was like, I think our favorite one. That's part of it too, is I think, and actually Neil Peart said that about Rush sometimes where he said, look, we're, you know, we've been doing this a long time. We're going to give you baseline a good gig. But every now and then there's those nights that are just magical. We just go, wow, this is really great. Yeah. Like, like everything worked that day at the Riv. And like, there was like a decent sized crowd. But it's a beautiful it building, was... too. I think that's, like, part of it, too. Oh, yeah, I gorgeous. love that stage. Because I can just, like, the Riviera. Riviera. Oh, I've like, i got to get over I there. just have Well, I would if there wasn't. I, I always say, like, if you're playing right, I'm not going. Because every time I'm going to go, there's, like, a curse. Or, oh, like, right, literally, somebody, there was a snowstorm. There was actually yeah. one person. I was going to get in my car to go, and that's, like, 40 minutes away from me. Yeah. They, they had it postponed 15 minutes before I was leaving. So I just say, okay, maybe, oh, I'm driving through Geneseo. There's the Riviera. I think I'll stop. <laughs> There'll be something soon coming up, I hope. But, yeah, that's it's a beautiful theater, and I I think I just love it because that's like where I first – that was my first really big crowd was there that opening weekend with my college band, and it's just like ever since then, like I'm always comfortable. Like it's just – I feel like at home Plus, when I'm it's there. like Chuck and Jeremy and them. How can you not be comfortable? Yeah, it's it's always just – and that's hard for me, like, especially early on when I started, like, getting comfy on stage. Like, now it's not as hard because I'm you know just, like, you'll, used you know to what it. you'll find, too? Like, I found, like, going through, like, you know, you grow up with some bands. Like, okay, you grow up like I grew up, like, with Foreigner. Then one of my friends is playing drums with Lou Graham. Oh, or, really? like, Queensryche. I remember meeting Queensryche when they, maybe you might know who they are. I've Greg, heard of them. I just never knew what they were. One of my friends opened for Jeff Tate. I never knew what the pronunciation oh, yeah? was until now. That was the first, <coughs> I might be first right. time I, might I heard be it. Wrong. I don't know. That sounds right. Because anytime I'd read it, I was like, So, but it's something. amazing. It's like that six degrees of separation then. It's amazing, like, in the music industry how, oh, I know this person. I played with this person. So one day you'll be up there with, I guess, Taylor I Swift. Oh, she's a she's a hard one to book. I know you guys probably heard about the Ticketmaster scandal. It's like that was crazy. No, I, well, I don't really. Yeah. yeah, she was so popular that she crashed the whole site. So. Oh wow! <laughs> well, you <laughs> know about the Led Zeppelin thing, you know, she, when they were playing the reunion gig. Oh, okay, you know, oh, good. I can actually ask somebody a little question. No right or wrong. So they played a they played a gig for Ahmed Ettergen. He passed away. He was the guy who founded Atlantic Records. Great guy. 
but they did the reunion gig in 2007 at O2 Arena. Mm. So they did the gig. Uh, you know how many requests there were for tickets? Oh, I believe it. You know how many, though? Take, like, a ballpark guess. Like a million? 24 million. Jeez. See, certain bands, like, wow. are in such high demand that it's, like... And everybody says, no, my people don't go out anymore. <laughs> no, they do. There's so much. Like, you know, like Elton John with his farewell tour. You know how hard yeah. tickets were to get for I will say, like, Elton Volume John, one. too. <laughs> yeah, Elton John was one of those. I saw him when I lived in Alexandria at the Capitol Center. He doesn't matter what kind of music you like, and I like his, especially his 70s music. He puts on such a great show. Yeah, I'm excited. Tonight, Disney Plus is streaming uh, his show at Dodger <laughs> Stadium, so I'll be able to watch it a little bit. So I'm excited to watch him because he's. I'm all just excited like nuts. about Doctor Who when it finally comes back. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard that. They're... No, but Doc, but uh, you know, but Elton John is like one of the best, you know, I've ever like in concert. He's like, I'm sure he's now. Amazing. I mean, every song he has is just. It's just hit after hit, no matter the tempo or style. I, I mean, I I really don't like like Ticketmaster and all those big providers anyway. I think there's got to be other ways. Yeah. And they have to figure it out because it's going to start causing more issues. And I think this whole Taylor Swift ticket scandal, and she acknowledged it. Like, she's not at fault. It's the company. But now I think the company's going to come under fire. For, yeah, they're uh, pushing them to de... de um, or demerge from life. And they have, to do, yeah. they have to do other things. Like, I would go to, like, Jason Ilsbill's one of the person I've gone to see most of the time he plays. You go find tickets, and people buy them. And you see these insane prices to reselling them for. Yeah. One of my friends is a big Scorpions fan. He wanted to go see him. Wants to go see him one more time. I guess their one gig in New York tickets were like six hundred dollars. It wasn't them. It was people bought them up and reselling them? Yeah, and it's a shame because it's like why yeah, not just let the people be, that want to go? I'm gonna say that should be illegal. It probably is. <laughs> but this was a question my friend Aaron brought up because of some like her bar. She's saying it's getting harder for seeing young people coming out. And she's wondering, okay, if this is just all ages show, is the allure gone or something? But I've seen, like, I know for your show, you get your friends coming out younger Oh, people. yeah. But I like, I, a lot of shows I see older people out. I just wonder if it's, like, cost and everything. They stay in, you know, driving. I, I mean, they can Uber, I suppose. I but. feel like it depends on how much it's advertised, the venue and where it is, and also the weather. And, like... For example, like when we did Roar, I advertised it a bunch, at least like on my end. I like found I, out the day before, but that's me, remember? Yeah, like I, I put it everywhere. <laughs> Again, I, I saw a tap, and I'm like, okay, is this like a beer thing? No, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> then I looked at it, go, it's the Austin Project, yay! Yeah, and like I remember Chuck told me to make like a huge like media push for it, so I definitely did, but like the crowd that we got was so different in ages. Like, with the people that were there, like, it was a very wide range because I had, like, friends of mine that I went to high school with that were there, but also, like, regular club goers and other people. Still, the funniest thing from that gig, though, I don't know, I think you were there when the birthday crew came up. Yeah. And she's like, oh, like, it's my birthday. And I thought it was going to be at least 21. And she's like, oh, no, 19. And I didn't know what to say to that. I was like, oh, yay, that's exciting. I was like, Yeah, I remember the birthday crew. I remember them. That was funny. It was so funny because well, I was like, "Oh, she's gonna be at least twenty-one." She's like nineteen. I'm like, "Oh, that's so fun." I guess like I know. <laughs> I won't get you a shot. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's what I was gonna say. I was like, "Oh, like I should get you a thing in the bar," but then I was like, "Oh, you're a baby." I mean, like Greg, how have you noticed like what the crowd like age-wise has been like? 
But you had Lux. Mixed, mixed, yeah, mixed crowd. I mean, mixed ages, yeah. Well, Anonymous Willpower goes over good at Lux. That ended up being a great show last year. It's a great show. place to play, actually. That's awesome. Only thing I think it's like booked a year in advance. I, yes, I find, it's very I find that the, the age group straddles, you know, I mean, it's it's varied. We have some older fans that like us, and then we have some younger people that like certain things, and so they kind of mix. And then that's what I like about that kind of stuff is that, you know, you got different people and they intermingle and. Yeah, and it's know. like, it's a, they all have different vibes, too. Like when we did Iron Smoke for. Uh, Steve Bartlett's All Star Jam a while back. That was my first time playing there, and um, it's a cool place. This guy. I'm going. My friend Alyssa's in town. I'm going to see her this Friday. Really? Well, weather. <laughs> as yeah. long as it's okay. Well, there'll be weather. I'm pretty sure. There's always weather. I mean, we're in upstate New York. We can't. We can't ever count weather out because anytime we think it'll be clear, and I feel like it always happens on like. A weekend that like people have things to do. It had the one time I went to go see my friend Michaela in Albany. She's playing the Holland. This is early October, right? Mm-hmm. Go by like okay, like by Rome. This fluke blizzard starts up just in central New York where the mountains are. Mm-hmm. I'm like and I'm like doing my can Sam Kinison voice like wow. But then it stopped and we went through. And then it just clears. Like it's so like spotty where that snow hits. Like it's that's why I'm not a fan of the snow. I was I was at work the well, other day. Well, you were day. in the right state then. Uh. Well, it was funny. My, my kids at work, they're like, Miss, Mrs. A, do you like the snow? Because I had to watch them outside at <laughs> recess. A, and I, I like was like, it. no, yeah. I don't. I was like, are we going to go back inside soon? I'm like checking my watch. I don't do well in the cold. Yeah, that's I'm why I'm trying to drag this out as long as possible because I'm getting my <laughs> yeah, car inspected. I'm getting my car inspected <laughs> no. afterwards. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna walk home from my mechanics for exercise. Like, that's why I got I look like a stuffed sausage because they got four layers on. I got <laughs> you gotta this. be warm. It was funny. My I got kid, gloves in my car. I, I tried running around with my kiddos the other day, and I, I was good for a little bit because I played tag with them. And for fourth graders. If they see an adult playing with them at recess, it just blows their mind. Like, I don't do anything. (laughs) And I I told them, I was like, all right, I'm tapped out. And they're like, come on, Miss A, come on, you got it. And I was like, guys, Miss A is old. I need a breather. You guys take over. Oh, yeah, you're ancient, yeah. But can you imagine these kids, like, one day they're going to be saying, like, when you're up there, like, like, wow, she was, like, my teacher. I know. Well, it's funny because the kids don't know, but the staff do. And they're like waiting to find like to see a show. They're they're like the next show you do, like, please let us know. Like we're all gonna come. Like they're so supportive, and it's so nice because like I'm very you know I'm new to, to the building, and it's just you know I I went to college for adolescent ed, so I'm working in a building that's primary elementary, so I'm totally out of my element. But I love the kids so much that like it doesn't matter. I'm just there to enjoy it, and every day is different. And you know again the staff have been have made the transition the easiest for me. So I love it there. It's so fun. I so, enjoyed subbing, subbing, teaching. It's great. Fun. And it works for my music schedule, too, because if I have to go on the weekend and stuff, you yeah. know, it's pretty flexible. So yeah, it's great. And you're going to start, you think down the line, you're going to start expanding, like, in terms of, like, playing out, like, more in terms of different... Oh, yeah. Because like, so you like, have to, I mean, we, we can love you here, but you eventually have to, like, branch out. Oh, that's yeah. that's always the plan. So ideally, like, if we're on the track of for the Austin project as to like where I think it will be, which we're, we're, we're the winter I planned for us to be working on like our own stuff. And then once the spring hits, obviously we'll start performing a bunch more like we did in September. 
So I want to travel. My hope is in the summer that I'll be in Long Island at least for a weekend. You have to do it to at your age too, where it's like. Oh yeah, yeah. and I'm, so that's that's planned because how public water supply is doing their yeah. traveling. I can't believe. Yeah, I know. I've been like texting Adriana, and like, where? Oh, where is she today? She's in Toronto. Who's she in today? But. Yeah, like well, I think I'll she's get in on Buffalo. They're going to be in Buffalo for like four weeks, you but not. <laughs> you can only spread your fan base digitally so far. Mm-hmm. But you know what yeah, I really yeah, dig? Go there like, yeah. to really get there. You know what I really dig though? Like I've seen friends. Like they've gone out. Like my friend Mikhail played at Weedsport. This is like one of those weird drives where yeah. your GPS does not register a Weedsport's road. Weedsport's strange, yeah. And you just go, "Well, yeah, I'm going to yeah. follow you back." I love watching the reaction. I know all the songs, and I know the person. People who've never heard it, and seeing them like nodding their heads or like. It's cool. Or if they it's... throw stuff at him, like, I haven't met that person in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always very cool. But I agree with what Greg just said. Like, you definitely have to go to them in order to get, you know, a bigger fan base. And it's like, the more that the Allison Project plays, like, I know we'll be able to... It's already kind of increasing, because I'll check my Facebook stuff, and it'll say, like, I have more views. Like, it, it's right. getting there, but I know, like, the more effective way is going to be performing in farther places. The and, thing like, is, you got to find little hubs. That's what always been another one of my little pet theories. It's like, yeah. okay, Fairport, Pittsburgh, Macedon, those are all fairly close together. Lima. Yeah, Fairport Not one like, is a huge one. There's a pizza place. Everybody played, what is it, Fanatics in yeah. Lima? Oh, Fanatics. Not yeah. Peru, saying, New York. <laughs> but I'm saying, yeah. But I'm saying, okay, let's take that as an example. You play in Lima. Henrietta's not that far, so you get maybe Henrietta people will come. It's all just maybe no, no more than a 20-minute, 20 25-minute drive. It ain't too bad. But, you know, you can get people from Fairport to go to Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh to go to Macedon or Macedon to go to Victor. You know, if you, you've got to find hubs and spoke out. You know, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you could speak on this a little, too. Some of my friends said, one, like River Lynch, when he was on last week, he said, like, one of the new futures, too, was, like, the breweries and wineries. Yes, yes that's breweries a big one. are, like... Yeah. I know there's one in Naples, a lot of my friends that play. Well, the coolest thing is, so, like, my first, like, ever travel gig for acoustics, it was, like, at Southern Tier Brewing Co. in Lakewood, or Lake, Lakewood, yeah. And um, I remember my best friend, he had to come, like, very last minute, and he was with me the whole day, because, you know, we're two hours away, doing a three-hour set, we have to do setup, and I remember like I played there, and then I did Big Inlet, then I was went back to Southern Tier actually a couple weeks ago, and some guy recognized me when I was getting my IPA. He's like, "I know you from Big Inlet. You did one week by the Bare Naked Ladies," and I was like, "Oh my God, you do know me?" <laughs> if you said that, and it was just really cool to the, like see the overlap. The Tin Barn out on I Fourteen. I've, I think I've heard That's of it. That's a good place. I played there a couple times. They're very nice. They pay good, and the beer's good. You know, and yeah. the thing is, in the, the the age of the GPS, I don't mind in terms right. of searching for stuff because some stuff like can be like if you're going into Seneca or somewhere in all those roads, you have a GPS to get to it. But like Naples, but like and also like Buffalo, obviously not this weekend. But Buffalo is not that far of a drive, really. No, no, it's not really that bad at Depending all. Depending on where you gotta go. Yeah, yeah, it's just more so like after a gig, like I'm usually just a little tired. Yeah, it's like I forget how much energy it takes out of me, and so like uh, lately, the most recent one I did, I had to go alone because I couldn't get anyone to go. So I'm just driving. I I went to Seven uh, Eleven. It's always you should go. always try to get like one person. I usually try so to. What, what I would do is the giant gallon of Diet Mountain Dew. Driving back, but then you have to stop after drinking the giant gallon. Oh yeah, well I got a Celsius on the way back because those like 
I drank them a lot, and it kept me awake, but I remember I rushed back into my apartment, and my roommate's like, where are you going? I was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't stop <laughs> on the way back. Because luckily, it's, it's not that bad of a drive. Like, I didn't mind it at all. Mm-hmm. And, and it's fun seeing parts of the country like that. Oh, and yeah, and the, they're so great. Especially, like, I love both, but Big Inlet especially has been so kind to me. Like, they just treat me really well, and every brewery I've been to, and I think that is the future of, like, doing gigs in general is like breweries and stuff yeah and i think maybe it gets more like maybe mainstream crowds maybe they don't want to go to little like we're the music people we like clubs maybe they don't want to go to music clubs yeah parking they think of whatever i just love it the breweries have been some of my favorite things and that's what black um, button in downton hilton oh i've heard of black button yeah that's enough they do it on the patio on the back is really good really i want to try um k2 that'd be fun to play I was going to say. At some point. Okay. But we're doing, but this has been really, I'm really looking forward to when are you going to be recording and everything? Yeah. So I'm hoping by next month we can start hitting the studio because I ideally want to do it in just one day to like get it all done because we're only going to record four to five songs. But I want to get, <laughs> I want to get the arrangements really, really yeah. down packed so we can just do it. It can like, be done though. Well, we'll have to have a part eight. three where you tell us how that's gone. Maybe we'll oh, drag yeah, one of your band sure. members or Chuck. I'll get so one of them to come down here. Tell them we won't bite. It's amazing how much time you can waste in the studio or get a lot done, depending on how prepared you are. Waste yeah. doing a podcast, yeah. getting done, musicians. Yeah. <laughs> well, I told him, I was like, we'll be ready for it. But what will be, what's coming up for you? And are you on, like, first, Greg, are you on hiatus for the. Oh, fuck you, whoever that is. So <laughs> 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 I got a show to do. Leave me hey alone. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I got. Couple things coming up. I got the Tom Waits shows coming up. The birthday Tom Waits show. for no one. Tom Waits for no one. <laughs> and uh, well, they're gonna have to wait for me because I'm the house <laughs> drummer. So yeah. Uh, but that'll be, I think, on the sixth, December sixth. It is. Okay. You should, and his I birthday's have, a little later in the month. I mean, you'll know. Yeah, I'm playing at the B side this coming Saturday uh, with Brian Lindsay. So that'll be good. And but other than that. I got a couple party gigs in December, but that's it. I don't know why there's no holidays or anything in December. And only know what's coming up for you. I you think, more Roar? Yeah, Roar on December 9th for sure. Um, I told Actually, them, I'm going to write that down on my calendar yeah, when I doing, get home. I think Actually, doing, I'm going to text you and say, Elena, what was the day, January yeah, 9th? I think it's 7 to 10 or like 7.30 to 10. It's going to be a lot longer and drag. And I don't know if I'll DJ after just because I'll be tired, but um, that that's the 9th is for sure a thing. <laughs> and then... Oh That's my pretty goodness! Much it. Oh my goodness! So playing and then DJing. I th- I told them because the owner's like, "You can do it." I'm like, "No, I can't." So <laughs> I told him I was like, "That's a bit ambitious," but I think the week before might be my first like official night doing it the whole night on a Friday. You just use your own name. You have DJ somebody. Yeah. Well, they've been making fun of me. I've been calling me some funny nicknames in front of the crowd. DJA. <laughs> well, because I told them. Because on Friday I was there and the host looked at me and he's like, what's your name? And I was like, I don't know. I just started. And he's like, okay, well, DJ so-and-so. And I was like, all right, we're not using that one. <laughs> um, so then I told the DJ after, he's like, you got to think of one. And I was like, either we're using my full name or what about DJ ELE? And he's like, wait, I like that one. So ELE, I don't know what it stands for. My roommate just suggested I don't want to even know. <laughs> no, I, I think my roommate said like in, when he played lacrosse in high school, they would like chant on that because it means everybody loves everyone. Oh, nice. oh that's so cool. like 
I was like, okay, that sounds fun. It's perfect for that club, too. Yeah, so I think I might just stick with that, but, you know, I'm kind of quiet. Like, I like just kind of sneaking in, and no one knows that we switched. I like you. Yeah, plus, it should be about the music, too. Yeah, and I just love it, and I I think I'm really glad that, Yeah, wait, give you a couple months, you'll be wearing the fancy outfits. (laughs) Well, I was glad that, like, you know, everyone's been saying that's regulars there, that they can tell that, like, what I play has been influencing what they regularly hear. That's awesome. Which I think is really cool, so I just You got a sneaking war pig. Oh, he was playing metal last. He was playing a uh, Papa Roach and uh, Enter Sandman, oh. like TNT, but EDM versions, which was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. So <laughs> I heard a cool fun. version, and, like Edge of Seventeen. Yeah, where can we find you? Like, just all you're online. You're on yeah, all over. So you're on Facebook. Idiot folk, and you're on. <laughs> so Facebook. We're on um, Elena underscore Alston underscore Music. Same on Instagram. And then if you look on those website links, we actually made web pages now through Canva. Hey. So you can see everything. I finally, I got one of my friends from college that's really good at like graphic design yeah. to help me make the info page for our EPK. That's cool. So people know what's up. And I made a YouTube. So it's all linked through there. Oh, very cool. And now, too, we're very thrilled. Thanks for being on, Alina. Yeah, Greg, as always. Awesome. And we usually, sometimes we play music at the end, have live music. She was DJing all night last yeah, night. Yeah, so, so a little tired. Plus, it's the holidays, so. I have a new well, song you can play. Yo, you want to play yours? Sure. Yeah, we'll play Greg's, and then just to, to put an imposter on it, we'll play some turkey noises because it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> happy happy Tofurky, everybody. I'm a vegan, yes, remember? Yeah. Thanksgiving. Excited for that coming up. I can't wait to eat. Gobble. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
Baby! 